right, Luca Nation, your favorite weekly Q&A show. And uh, we have a few questions for you guys, so from you guys for Mr. Cage. So we'll get right into it. Unless you have any thoughts, you know, anything you saw today in the hobby that you want to touch on, uh, you want to give anyone some flowers, some love, you want to call anybody out, here's your floor before we get into the questions from the audience. Now he's thinking, who do I call out? I'm calling out you. Because I don't I mean, why would you any... compare Josh Allen to Russell Westbrook? What's wrong with you? Isn't did that's um the responses are funny because usually our content team posts cages hot takes. I, I've had them for a long time, but <laughs> yeah, you actually have several hot takes. Right. LeBron sucks. LeBron has not gotten any better since high school, was one of my favorite ones. He's he's the same exact player as he was when he was 18. He honestly <laughs> is. And, and I, so by the way, so there's a cool stat. It, it it actually speaks to his greatness. It's not an insult, but people see th- one guy. Tom Bullard, it's all love, man. I hope you don't hate me because you're a Bills fan. By the way, like it's not that deep, but LeBron would be seventh all time in scoring if they didn't count any of his three pointers. Played in play, the overlap, he overlapped there. You know, it wasn't well, a lot of threes back then in the beginning, and the game he was shifted. unstoppable getting to the rim. Mm-hmm. He, he is the best. He is the best driver. I mean, that'd be an interesting debate: who's better finishing at the rim, him or Jordan? But he was amazing finishing at the rim from the get. And he did work on his post moves. Yeah, he he shoots a three, but you, you could see how some other guys evolve. I don't want to get into LeBron. This is a Q&A show. This isn't a question and answer show for Andrew. By the way, uh, Darren Ravel posted today. The, the thing that I've gotten seriously the most comments about. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. If I could start a hashtag from my DM, it would be Fade Andrew. Okay. Everybody says, so bet the bills, right? Yeah. Like I got <laughs> so bet the bills, right? And Ravel said the, the game of the week, the, his pick of the week, he tweeted it, bet the bills, bet the bills. And, but, but he is basing it on exactly what I said. And to give you credit, even though you don't love Josh Allen, you did give kind of like a little, I don't want to call it a hedge, but a little bit about talking about how Joe Burrow's offensive line is that that X factor. And if they can't protect him, because there's three injuries on that offensive line, if they can protect him, they don't, you know, that's going to be tough. Josh Allen doesn't have to be perfect if Joe Burrow's on his back the whole game. That was Ravel's How take, good by is the, way, the defensive line of pretty good of the Bills. The Bills they lost defense. Von Miller. Yeah, but he's not a lineman. But the Bills defense, they do well. But point taken, point that they're, they're you know, he there he doesn't have Micah Parsons coming in on him right now. Well, you know, it's a different story. I love how narratives work because what's interesting about that is that was the same narrative as last year. Mm-hmm. And with a broken offensive line, who I assume is better this year, even with these few injuries, they got to the Super Bowl and they were one. No, they were worse. Remember in our whatnot show, they lost their right tackle the second to last. Yeah, and they went back to the guy who they they had a year ago when they didn't shore up their line. So okay. What so, worse? Or the I understand same what right you say. Would you say worse or the same right now? The right line? now, worse because they have three injuries on their offensive okay. line. So, so the whole right side and one guy on the left. Like it is, it is a really beat up. Cooked. It's basically free throw. But anyway, he was one play away from <laughs> possibly winning that game. And this is a, a team, the Rams, that he played that had Aaron Donald and Von Miller. So yeah, it's offensive line, but they're not statues out there. They still were able to put that team in a position to win against a really good defensive line in Von Miller and Aaron Donald. I get you. Your best argument is that, you know, Burrow, he knows Burrow has gotten lucky. 
I think is it is it you know, I mean the other side. You're saying he's one play away from winning the Super Bowl. I'm saying he's one play away from losing to the Raiders in the first round. Fine. You know, Carr threw a pick at the two yard line. You know what I mean? So it's you know, they he's 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 a narrow escape artist, I guess. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the deal. We'll Here's see how, what happens. We'll see what happens. Just, Here's how I see it. Yeah. Um, there's a great book. I send it to a few people in our audience. It's called a one more uh, mm-hmm. by Ed Milet. But I believe, and you guys all who love Josh Allen, love Josh Allen. I think Burrow changed that organization, an organization that was perennially a losing organization. Now they believe and they think that they should win. And I think that's top to bottom, special teams, defense, offense. And I think they're going to put a hurting on the bills. And they were doing that. And the game obviously got canceled. We don't know. It was one quarter, but it's my prediction. It's sports. Anyway. You're allowed to have a prediction. Thank 100%. you. Thank you for giving You're me allowed. that prediction. That, that uh, I, I've earned I, it now that we've done nine. I'm waiting of. for you to tell me one of the call through the cage questions is, is Kobe a top five? No, that, that's, <laughs> that's old news. So Pancake <laughs> Analytics, if you guys don't follow this man, he's significantly smarter than me. He is a data guy, mm-hmm. uh, data analyst, very intelligent, great great to follow and great to interact with. Uh, always has time in his day to kind of explain the methodology about getting the data and getting the analytics. So, he had a question for you, Cage. Are you collecting Disney cards at all? Cage, no. being closer to the Disney parks experience the most, what are his thoughts on Disney cards? The answer is no. Um, this Lorcana, um, you know, they just announced that it's coming out, and then there was a series that was released, kind of like an, an initial series that released at D23, which is their kind of like, uh, you know, a convention that they have for members only. Um, I've never bought the membership because it's good for people who are local and actually can go to those things. Um, but uh, no, I think it's forced. Disney cards have been around for a very long time, right? And I think if Pancake were here, what he would recommend to people who are interested in Disney cards are to look at the vast history of Disney cards instead of looking at the, um, I would say, non-organic Lorcana cards that are coming out now. They're supposed to be a TCG game. Like it's supposed to be like a game, supposed to be like a Pokemon, like play the game kind of thing. Um, you know, part of the reason why Pokemon cards have some collectability is because people weren't collecting them. They were using them, they were playing with them. They weren't supposed to be, you know, opened out of a pack and put into a sleeve, hermetically sealed, and you know, stored away. You know, that's why the condition's bad on them. That's why you see, you know, played with cards. No one's playing with these Lorcana cards, right? And they're being produced in massive quantities. I know the first run is, is you know, is a little more limited, but it's not limited. Um, but a lot of the other Disney cards that came out were not collected. I mean, they're, they're Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse cards that date back into, I think, the 30s and 40s. You know what I mean? And, and you know, there's some there's some cool stuff there that I think is uh, much more scarce. Um, do you, if do you, you think fo- we should draw a line in a divide like kind of a line through the sheet of paper when we talk about collectability because there's two standpoints there's like you bought a goonies auto card yes that's a collectible but that's not one that you think is ever going to go up in value correct correct yeah where there the collectability of pokemon cards that you're talking about is i want that zard first edition i want it as high as great as possible i want it in my collection but i also think this is a great place to put my money because there's no more there's not a ton more of these coming ever yeah so, i mean Listen, collectability out of passion and collectability out of passion and investing with a collectability tip. It's funny. So. What what I would say here is if you put in Pokemon card, a Charizard picture is going to come up. 
right? It and people are gonna know what it is, and it's iconic, and there's a reason why Pokemon cards are if you type Disney card into your Google search, the first thing that comes up is most likely going to be a Chase Visa card that you could apply for, a credit card. That's what Disney card is going to come up with on Google. That will be my bet. Boom, Disney Visa card, 100%. So, so that's a huge difference right there, right? That's what when I say organic versus inorganic, if you type baseball card, a baseball card is going to come up, right? You type Disney card, it falls more into the fringe part that I talk about where, you know, sorry, F1 and wrestling. And I know you guys hate me with wrestling, but it's something that does not have a mass appeal for a long period of time. I'm not saying there's no appeal for wrestling cards. I'm not saying there's no collector base. I know they've been collected for a while. I know they've been years and years of cards. UFC, I collected for a long time. It falls into the same thing. It's a fringe, right? I'm not saying there's no collectors. I collected it, right? I still have some, but, but, well, not many, but it's a small thing without a history, right? If you type in UFC card, what's probably going to come up is who's fighting on the card at a certain event, not a card, not a Conor McGregor. So, so if you like Disney, if you're a Disney fan and you're going to enjoy owning some Disney cards with Mickey Mouse or whoever it is on it, please, by all means, buy all that stuff. If you're a Stranger Things fan and you want to buy some Stranger Things cards because you think it's cool and you want to have an auto, great. I bought five boxes of Stranger Things cards back in like early November, hoping to have them Christmas time for my daughter for a present. I still don't have them. Thank you, Stranger Things, um, Netflix store you name it, but eventually I'll get them and we'll open them. We watch the show and she'll for enjoy it. Year, I hope for next year's Christmas for whenever, but I don't have them yet, but so, I'm not telling you to what to collect or not to collect. I'm saying that if you're going to collect Disney cards, do a little research into it. Don't just say, all right, I love Disney. I'm going to buy Lorcana, right? There were other cards for Disney. Disney cards have been made for a long time. And you know, I'm going to expand this beyond what pancake is asking. I'm going to expand it to, Star Wars is a Disney property, okay? Star Wars is owned by Disney. Lucasfilm's owned by Disney. And I'll expand it to that, right? Yeah, there's some cool Star Wars cards coming out now, right? Galactic and like, you know, shiny, you name it, the whole deal. There have been Star Wars cards since the 70s when the movie came out. There are vintage Star Wars cards. But then there's also other sets made by Tops, made by other companies throughout the years. When they rebooted the series, the Skywalker Saga and the whole Phantom Menace, there were cards. There's Chrome cards. There's, there's different versions of the sets that, by the way, came out. They didn't immediately try to be flipped and sold and graded. So maybe they're harder to find and maybe they'll have some collectability because of that. Do some research. Don't just take the the force feeding of what you're seeing online. Disney cars does not just mean Lorcana because somebody's telling you that's what it means. Take some time, research this stuff. Pancake Analytics, I think, actually did a, a little analysis right. of the Disney stuff. You could probably go right to his, his page and see some of the older stuff, sure. you know? Um, Highly this, recommend. And, and re I'd reach out to him as well for that. So Octane Collectibles asks, Bacon, egg, and cheese, or sausage, egg, and cheese? Ooh, this is a good question. That's a very good question. Good question. So, so for for um, for a go. standard food, like like a real food, um, like you're getting it from, 
you know, from a diner or from someplace that's actually going to cook it, right? I'll go bacon, egg, and cheese 10 times out of 10. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Like bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll and take it with you 100%. But if it is like McDonald's, you know, like processed, like, all right, I'm just going to get us egg McMuffin. I prefer the sausage egg McMuffin to the one with the Canadian bacon ham. I prefer the sausage egg McMuffin. That's just... It's one time I'll take like a, you know the more processed version. I'll take this all the amazing delis in New York. I still can't believe you buy McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I got McDonald's for dinner tonight. It's amazing. The kids love it. A little McNuggets down your throat. Boom. No French fries, sweet and sour sauce. When investing, collecting, buying cards. How important is, is it to understand the history of different sets? And if I could add a little bit here, where do you go to learn that history? The, uh, the exchange gram, the interwebs. Is this so, blowout? I mean, it, de- it depends on what you're talking about, right? Like, it, you know, if you want to get into cards and you want to buy cards of Kate Cunningham, right? You don't really have to spend 50 hours researching, right? Because there's only going to be one set right now. There should be two, but, you know, we're a little behind. There's only going to be one set. So the research is going to be, okay. What sets are there? What releases are there that have him? Give me the what's licensed versus non-licensed. And then take a look at the last couple of years of a similar player and see what the prices are in each release, right? What's National Treasures do? What's Flawless do? What are the type of cards that are in there? It'll be a couple hours. Where do you look? eBay, PWCC's research tab, you know, completed auctions on Golden if it's, you know, these modern cards. Um, Join a, a, um, you know... um, Obviously, Instagram has a whole bunch of great stuff too. You know, you can search on Instagram for that. But join a Facebook group for like-minded people. There's a million, you know, um, modern, ultra-modern NBA stuff. Um, sure, Blowout has forums. There are a bunch of different forum, you know, pages out there, and you could research all of them. Um, now, you tell me you want to get into vintage soccer, that which doesn't have a history, and you want to buy vintage soccer. It's going to take more than that five hours of research, right? For example, because, Pele has like the first Panini card. Is that 1965? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. It's funny because Ali and Pele both have mid-60s Panini cards, but they have cards before that that are stickers or cuts or you know, out of a journal, the Swedish record they both have. They both run a similar path because neither of them you know, had cards that people were really looking for before the last couple of years. Now, when I started to look for Muhammad Ali Cash's clay cards for my own collection, the first place I looked was Blowout. Because you could type right into Google, what's the best Muhammad Ali card? What's the, what is Muhammad Ali's rookie card? That'll take you down a 12-hour rabbit hole. Same thing with Pele developing now too. Because the thing about Ali is, yeah, there was Panini. Yeah, there's some overseas stuff because of the Olympics you know, he was in the Olympics at Rome and that kind of stuff. And there was some the Swedish record. But a lot of his stuff is also um, U.S.-based. You know, Bancroft Tiddlers. And, you know, there there are U.S.-based, um, you know, cards for, for um, you know, for, for Ali, for Clay. Most of the stuff for Pele is, you know, it's Brazil. You know, it's overseas stuff. And, you know, people were buying it, but not, not sending it to PSA. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't something that happened. So, you know, there could be a a, a green swamp find. That's what color Brazil is, right? A little, a little green action. They could be, you know, they could be, 
There could be, you know, there could be 12 of those now from someone in Brazil who's got a ton of gazettas and a ton of these things because it's like, what do you mean? That's not a card. That's, that's not a card at all. Oh, but it is. Well, let me show you. Let me show you a scissor yep. and I'll make it into a card. So what about like um, 1961 Fleer, right? There's the inaction versus the true the tr rookie. How do yep. you like, how do you learn that stuff? So, you, I mean, obviously you have to look into that. That would come out in pricing right off the bat. You'd, you'd right. be like, wait, wait a second. Why, why, why does this Bill Russell sell for this much and this Bill Russell sell but for Cage, this much? Pricing is dangerous because pricing tells you how things are today. It doesn't always tell you how they're going to be in the future. Well, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know what anything's going to be in the future. Right. But, the you know, inaction, it's funny because it's not so obscure. Inaction, it's sort of like an inset insert or subset and what i would compare it to for people listening to this that don't know what we're talking about is i just opened a box of uh tops chrome update with ian and how did he do he didn't get anything great at all um but it's okay i mean and a lot of cards are off centered you know like i got one i got a julio purple which is nice but it was completely off centered i mean like like 90 10 left to right but julio rodriguez has two cards in it He's got the regular one, and yeah. he's got the debut, the rookie right. debut. That says one rookie debut on it. That's akin to an inaction card. And right. you learn that. You're like, okay, wow, I got a Jeremy Pena. Not worth sending in. It's the debut. Right. You know what I mean? Mosaic has that too. You have the AFC. You have the, the debut. NBA. Exactly. The debut card or the or a Pro Bowl card or you know a National Treasures or whatever it might be. So, yeah, it takes a while, man. I mean, but – if it's something you really want to do, what I'd like to say is it's fun. That research, that that first couple of times, you know, trying out and trying to, you know, to 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 learn more. If you're turned off by it, now keep in mind this could the barrier to entry here is only limited to, to how much time you're willing to spend researching this stuff, right? But if after a couple of hours you're like, ah, this sucks, it's probably not the hobby for you, to be honest. You know what I mean? Or it but might not be the card or the set for you. If you're if you're geeking out on it and you're you know I gotta tell you I remember the Ali research that I did it was insane and I I came to the conclusion that I loved it but I came to the conclusion at the end that I had no idea which card of his to buy none I had what, no clue what about like um, it's okay so we know ninety three versus the first finest refractors but then mm -hmm. there's like five tops finest mystery yep. learning the history of that like how, what thoughts so. We are in a great age, man, because it's something you wouldn't have been able to research when I was a kid. You learned that about new cards, new sets when the Beckett magazine came out and somebody did an expose on it. Somebody did a little That's article cool. and you read it and you're like, oh, look at this. Wow, look what they did this year. And oh, there's an Olympic team card inside of the set. All right, that's pretty cool. Is it is it a rookie? Is it not a rookie? I don't know. You know, so that's how you learn. You don't have to wait for that now. Nobody knows what the Dewey Decimal System is anymore in life. They just go on the Googles. They go on the Google webs. You don't know what the Dewey Decimal System is. Do I you? do know, but I can't remember. Does that make sense? Yes, it's like Francis Tracy, who I went to school with. She mm -hmm. got a bad grade on her test. The teacher said, "Well, mm -hmm. you got to study." And she said, "I did study, but I forgot." Royce Gracie. <laughs> so anyway, listen, this is what I believe makes the hobby fun. Some people think what makes a hobby fun is buying something for a nickel and selling it for a quarter. And that's fun too, right? But you are, have a better chance of buying something for a nickel and selling it for a quarter if you're doing a research beforehand to find that card 
that you could buy for a nickel that will turn into a quarter. So that Fleer, research part's fun to me. Fleer went bankrupt. Is this accurate? So Fleer's properties were bought by uh, Upper Deck. I don't know that it was a bankruptcy sale, or but Fleer and Skybox are are owned by Upper Deck. The names, the brands are owned so, by Upper Deck. Ultra, right? And you have gold medallions mm -hmm. and platinum medallions, but mm -hmm. none of they're not numbered. So what I heard and I some read because you some of them are, but not yeah. many aren't. Like Kobe's rookie platinum yeah. medallionism right. is there were backdoor. Once the company was struggling, people were selling the ultra medallions, the gold medallions, uh, the platinum medallions, the gold medallions, kind of like out the back door uh, when the company went out of business. Like I, I've been reading up about this because you know I love this set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. blowout same thing you know kind mm -hmm. of just yep because research in the hobby is a tough thing there is no one real centralized location and everything is hearsay yes which is everything's hearsay which and what makes it really difficult is to know is this person does this person qualify to know about this like was were they around and do they have my best interest in mind or maybe they own some of the cards and they're just trying to sell so it's really hard to to kind of differentiate is yeah it? It's one of those things that needs to be better for the hobby to take the next step forward. Um, there's definitely a lot of information out there. There's definitely a lot of people who are very smart. Um, you know, I'm going to call for, you know, Chris Hoge and uh, Josh and anybody You're else who wrong, wants to man. join us. Cage. We have to, uh, we have to put together a treatise. We have to put together, you know, and we'll get some vintage people. I I've said this, man, the federal papers were written by, you know, Alexander Hamilton and John Jay and uh, James Madison. You know, you get the brains together to defend the constitution. You know, somebody has got to do this. You need you some know? old heads in there too, because I'm an old yeah. head. Like, yeah, because yeah, people in the nineties. There's people that know the eighties, seventies, sixties. Oh, I mean, definitely. This hobby's been around for uh, longer than most people in the hobby are alive. If I could be honest. Now, okay, rank your favorite Panini sets: Prism, Optic, Select, Absolute, NT, Flawless, Immaculate. And you could do some. Maybe I didn't mention that you might like. Sure, I, I, a tie for one is going to be National Treasures and Prism, depending upon what kind of collector you are. So for me, I like Prism just because I lean towards, um, you know, just regular base cards, regular rookie cards, which is what was big when I collected. I was not an RPA person because RPAs did not exist. Um, so for me, number one is going to be Prism. But I can make an argument for, depending on what type of collector you are, that National Treasures becomes your number one go-to. because not, not yours. So you're picking minus prism, minus prism, prism yeah, NT, yeah, and so I would say prism number one, and yeah, I would not even put on my list of cards to own anything other than prism for a long term hold. I wouldn't put optic, I wouldn't put select, I wouldn't put any of those things on there. And I hope fanatics is listening because it's part of the problem with the hobby. I believe um, there's just too much stuff. So, I mean, it makes it hard. It makes it difficult for you to know what card is the card to buy. And if you think researching something now is hard, all right, let's just say, pick a player that you love, man. So you love Clay. Uh, Curry. Somebody you love now. Curry. You love Josh Giddy. Surprisingly, you like his game. And let's just say you're early on Giddy. And you think Giddy, and he starts taking some real steps forward. He's your Giannis type of guy. He's going to take some real steps forward in his game. Just go with me on the hypothetical. Cage, I, 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 I have right? some people, detractors, that might 
think that, you know, clip it up, put it on the exchange gram and then they're like, Andrew says <laughs> Okay, Giddy so I'm using Giddy just as an example, yeah. right? So Giddy, Giddy's an example, right? Let's say 15, 20 years from now, Josh Giddy is spoken of in the same breath as Kobe and LeBron and Michael Jordan. Just for our hypothetical, just yeah. because he is somebody who had cards last year, right? He's part of the most recent mass-produced rookie class. If you like, we could have used Trevor Lawrence for football, if that's a better one for you, or any of these guys, right? So just let's use Josh Giddy. Fine. So now somebody's getting into the hobby in 15 years, and they want to buy Josh Giddy rookie cards because he is the GOAT, all right? Somebody is making the argument that Giddy knocks Kobe out of the top five, right? Think of how hard it's going to be for somebody to invest in Josh Giddy. And I believe I by Kaboom. Okay. So you could say Kaboom, which it brings another little aspect to it. I love Kaboom. I think Kaboom is one of the more one of the, one of the you know the one of the favorite inserts of a lot of people. I've spoken poorly about it. it they're ruining it because there is no continuity of it. Right, there is no I don't know what what set it's going to be in year to year. I have no idea what release it's going to be in, so it makes it hard to research. And each release that's happened in the past has had different kind of production numbers, and you name it. Now they've added an explosive to it, they've added a gold, a one of one. I don't know about the print runs because they're not numbered of the but it seems like there's a shit ton more kabooms now from a base standpoint, which I think may actually hurt the prior years because it's not as rare. Part of the thing that makes those PMGs amazing and collectible is that there's only a couple years of pmgs and that they didn't continue to make pmgs for the next decade in increasing and increasing quantities if you want a pmg set you have to go get rod strickland from that year you don't get 500 different rod strickland ones for years going forward you don't say it's, okay i can't get him a homes 2018 because that's his I'll, first kaboom i'll get his it's 20 like, or 21 or 22 exactly, or, gotcha. uh, yeah there's a million of them it so dilutes it it, dilutes it is it. it is definitely but but think about it now even if kaboom is right right if we lined up 10 hobby people they're probably going to give six answers right they're going to say you want your giddy go get his prism Go get his yeah. prism slash prism gold or, you know, depending upon your wallet, some form of prism color match. You know, yeah. maybe last year's Giddy, you want the 75th anniversary with the red. That's a cool parallel. But you're going to get the prism, right? Yep. There's going to be some people who say go get a flawless, um, you know, RPA. Some people say go get the National Treasures true RPA out of 99 because at least that's got some continuity that that's what people go after, right? Um, you know, Maybe 15 years from now, there'll be people downtown. who say, get a downtown. Maybe people will say, go get one of the green PMGs from the non-licensed Skybox that came out last year. Okay. Probably not. That was probably a stretch. But if that's a stretch, is clearly Donruss not a stretch? Is monkey ball skin, snake skin, venom skin, whatever the heck skin, in tiger and zebra, no, are any of those skins the stretch? Are people actually going to be looking for those? Are people going to be confused by the hell on skin. those things? Stretchy skin. Well, it's already happening. One of the cards that I'm going to feature tomorrow's weekly auction episode is it's a Dunruss Infinite Gold John Morant. So Dunruss Infinite Gold Kaboom Downtown. But like it's Dunruss. Metal. I mean, it's actually a classic brand. Dunruss, just the paper Dunruss, it's a classic brand. It's the Gold Infinite out of 10. It's like sitting at like 700 bucks for Jaw. Like no one wants it. No one touches that. And I still yeah. think that's expensive. You're correct. And that will go down. Because right. ultimately what happens with this proliferation, with this mass production of cards is there's too much, right? And there's you can enter at every level. 
but and but you shouldn't expect any type of appreciation for it because part of what you know makes those cards go up in value is all right they weren't being collected there's a finite amount and the supply for collectors is less than the demand for collectors and it's going to be very hard to ever have enough Josh Giddy collectors that all of the supply that's been made in the last year in his rookie it, it are going to be eaten up and move the needle enough, right? And that's it's 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 tough, right? So if, I think if you start cutting out some of those things, start cutting out some of, I mean, look, basketball. Do we really need 19 different hoops versions? Do we need a premium stock and a, a semi-premium stock and a, you know a first off the line, second off the oh, line, twelfth off the line? I mean, like, do you, uh, just what do you need that shit for? Seriously. So that brings me to my ne the next question. So these aren't my I say the, my next question, but these thoughts on Panini blockchain cards, the actual physical card that uh, has like a the Panini chain link said people top. hate it. People can't stand it. Putting the word blockchain on the card, they might as well. Both camps, the the digital friendly. No, the, the digital people like it. The digital people like it. And there are some people who said, all right, wow, if you go on here and you get it through a Dutch auction through Panini Digital that people aren't looking at, I can get a one of one jaw. I can right. get a jaw logo, man, for a fraction of what the one that comes out of the pack is pulled is sold for. But you know what happens then? You wind up getting false expectations thinking you just got a bargain but the reason you got a bargain is because nobody wants it i will give you a great comparison a great comparison for those are the white box and black box I was, that was my that was my one b question on top of this because please continue i didn't mean to cut you off but that, that's no, a great way to go those are those are what i would compare them to right sure they're one of ones i mean sure they are they're you know they should have some rarity some scarcity they're they're not wanted by collectors in the degree that um, you know that 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 somebody else will, you would want a pack pulled card or one of the more desirable cards, um, you know, reminds me of like fast break and that kind of stuff. You know, like they're just they they are a they are a lesser lesser desired version of the product, um, you know, of the collectible. And it's the same thing with blockchain. And the blockchain people, the you know the the people who are digital, they like having the match. But I think what they like about it is that they can get the card cheaper because it's got the the blockchain, you know, attached to it. So, I'm going to give Panini a little smack in the butt here. I'm going to tell them I don't like what they did. Um, what, what but, they but, but but they did some fun stuff um, where they finally – someone, someone on Twitter tweeted like, what the F Panini? Uh, that was just like the whole tweet and people were like, that's an evergreen tweet. So pretty like, much, yeah, what Panini the in the butt. Like people out there are like, is he gonna come at them for redemption? This, this. So this. it's 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 it's. I'm also going to tell you guys that we're not infallible here. I know it's coffee with Cage, and I'm answering the questions, and I'm giving you my opinion, my question. I'm also going to turn this Panini thing into a tell you, hey guys, I make mistakes myself, right? And you should realize that. I mean, I mean, some of the comments think all I do is make mistakes. I get more clown emojis sent in my way than anybody, which is amazing. I love it. Um, anybody who sends me a clown emoji, you will automatically lost the argument because it's like resorting to cursing at me. You know, if you can't materialize your argument and formulate it with actual words, you know, make some sentences and have a, a conversation, you lose. If you have to use, you know, vulgarity or clown emojis, I don't even need to respond. I know I've won, but I'm not infallible. And let me tell you, anybody who listens to our show, 
and, and has seen Panini on our show has has heard me make a suggestion to Panini on multiple occasions. My suggestion was about kabooms. And I think that would have been awesome, right? It was, hey, one year take kabooms or downtowns and only make them available if you complete a challenge in digital and then send out a physical version of the cards to the people who you'll get people over to digital, you name it. But what I asked for was if you did a challenge on digital, a physical counterpart of that card has to be out there. That way, that physical card it's news. It's on Instagram. Somebody sees it on eBay and says, whoa, I didn't know they made kabooms yet for Victor Wembanyama. Well, the only way to get it was if you did this challenge on Panini. Boom. You know what happens next, okay? They sort of semi-listened to me, but instead of doing a kaboom and something that was sought after on a rookie, they currently are running their first digital phys physical challenge, right? Not like Double Dare. And it's for a Tom Brady card, mosaic, okay. right? And they're shoving you, mosaics in our face, aren't they? I, I mean, how much mosaic has been out there? So it's a Tom Brady mosaic, 2022 Tom Brady mosaic challenge. You have to get 35 cards. And if you get these 35 cards, none of them, by the way, numbered less than 99. So it's not that impossible, right? But out of nine, if you get these 35 cards, you will get the digital challenge of of tom brady but also they will mail you a physical one that's numbered so the most there can ever be is 99 because there's only 99 challenge cards it's probably less than that because they still have packs of this stuff that are unopened right sure. whoever mints number one of 20 30 40 50 whatever it's going to be that goes immediately to beckett to be graded and slapped and then sent to the person who won that challenge. Okay. So cool little, you know, number one has got this extra level of interesting stuff to it. I like oh, it. Beckett's right there. That, that's where I was thinking. Like why Beckett? But so Beckett's right there. Gotcha. I read this. The first thing I looked at was the Jalian Phillips, a garbage rookie card that, you know, in digital sells for a dollar or two. His out of 149 is the current bottleneck. I, I went and I looked and, you know, it means, all right, if you're going to complete this challenge, how much is it going to cost you? And the cheapest one of that card was like $1,800. Yeah. Okay. So, so because people own it and aren't selling it and are trying to hold it hostage for somebody who wants to do the challenge. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy packs. And I went in and I bought $2,000 worth of mosaic football packs, 2022, because it's a 2022 Tom Brady challenge. I bought 200 packs. I opened them up with Ian. We had fun. Ian had a blast opening these packs. We got a gold Tom Brady Stairmaster out of 10. I don't know what that's worth. We got a gold Trevor Lawrence insert. We got some cool, you know, autograph cards. We got some stuff. It's probably not worth $2,000, you know, because we didn't get that many. Um, but I went to the challenge and I said, okay, how many of the 35 challenge cards did I get? Some of these are like base cards. Zero. And I'm like, how the hell is that possible? I, got, I, I think I completed the whole base set almost. Like, why am I missing this? And I click into the challenge again. Panini did the 2022 Mosaic challenge for tom brady using 2021 mosaic cards yeah my mistake as we sometimes say here people don't read in my excitement for the fact that panini had finally listened to me and was making a physical digital you know component card the challenge was going to be both physical and digital, digital. i, I digital. ran to it digital I ran to it. Oh, let's go. I got to buy it. They're listening to me. I mean, this is my idea. I got to support it. And I supported it in such a way that did not give me any of the challenge cards at all. And it's two grand. Cool. 
Yeah. So anyway, moral of the story, I think they're sort of listening. I can't believe the way they did it. Because if if you're a physical collector, one, a Tom Brady mosaic, 75th year, 83rd year of his career, where he had the worst year of his career in mosaic, is not bringing you over to digital anyway. You could care less about that card. Even if you get the physical version of it, sure, it's got some coolness factor to it because it's the first one. But it's not going to sell for a crazy amount. And then you go look at it. Even the lunatics who do want to do it, like myself, go look at the challenge to complete it and see a $1,500 Jalen Phillips card. Get the hell out of here. It's not going to get done. It's You had the right idea. You didn't execute it the right way. Just like I didn't execute it the right way and bought the wrong damn packs. Last two qu- questions Shoot. are kind of quick. They're player-specific. Thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' cards and Lamar Jackson cards heading into the offseason? Both quarterbacks have a bit of uh, team uncertainty. Love them Love them both from a teaching standpoint because they're both great examples of quarterbacks with some learning lessons for folks who are investing in other quarterbacks. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a top 15 quarterback of all time, top 20 quarterback of all time, Super Bowl winner, MVP winner, you know, great numbers. He's had a career that – I mean, some people would say top 10. I mean, he's probably higher ranked than Kobe. So some people would say he's a career that any of these young quarterbacks would sign up for right now, with the exception of Mahomes, because I think Mahomes is pretty close to <laughs> eclipsing <laughs> what, what, what Rodgers has already done. Um, but any of these young guys. But if you look at what his RPAs sell for, you look at what his, you know, best cards, and there are a lot less of his best cards. And there's some, some of them. Last week's PWCC PWC had the coolest – the gold, gold refractor. What was the card I, I sent in? It was the a finest, right? No, it was chrome cage. It was chrome, but it was. I thought it was a finest chrome. It was like a 50th anniversary. It, it was yeah. one of the sickest gold refractors. The whole he's got some nice cards, and nobody cares. 6K. Yeah, nobody cares by comparison. I mean, literally, Trevor Lawrence cards are right now prices are blowing Aaron Rodgers cards out of the water. Um, I mean, and- I love Mahomes, but I don't think you could say Mahomes is a. And Mahomes' gold was Mahomes, like 200K. I mean, he's, he's better. You could say he's better, but but arguing that he's, you know, 20 times better is a different story. I would say they're identical at this stage in their career. I think Mahomes could have more potential. Yeah, could So, but the, the learning on it is a uh, couple things. Number one, be careful investing in the younger guys now. Uh, a good comp is take a look at the video I made today, guys. My first one of these reels where I put like my my head in it and the whole deal, but Terry Bradshaw. And I tried to be optimistic about it. I tried to not make this negative, but the moral of the story is exactly what I just said about about Aaron Rodgers. If you look at Terry Bradshaw now, very different quarterback, played at a very different time, right? He basically completed fifty one percent of his passes, which wouldn't fly in the NFL today. These guys are completing seventy percent of their passes. They didn't throw it anywhere near as much. Their team relied a lot more on defense and on uh, the running game with Franco Harris. And he had great, great Lynn Swan and Stallworth. He had great weapons. Um, but the dude won the MVP. He won two Super Bowl MVPs. He went to um, four Super Bowls in a six-year span. Uh, was the, you know, won back-to-back twice. The only quarterback to ever do that. He won 9-10 and 13-14. There have been a bunch of quarterbacks that won back-to-back Super Bowls. He won back-to-back Twice, 9, 10, 13, 14, right? I brought him up today because today's actually the anniversary of his last Super Bowl win. It was actually on January 20th in 1980, so today in sports history. But Terry Bradshaw is a Hall of Famer. 
you know, top 25 quarterback of all time. You know, I mean, one of these, one of these greats, right? Well, a, a career that 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL today would sign up for. And no one talks about him. Nobody cares. Nobody looks for his stuff now. Um, you know, a PSA 10 of his rookie is a great card, but nobody's like, oh, wow, Terry Bradshaw, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers still playing. Who knows what he does next year? Um, Lamar Do you Jackson. Think it's because Terry Bradshaw looks like Hulk Hogan and it's a little confusing. You look, you think Terry Bradshaw looks like Hulk Hogan? Yeah, I've always did. I mean, sure, kind of, you know, like, I mean, in the the same way that you look like Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> Woo! So no, I so I mean, not, I couldn't believe. Okay, go on, finish. No, but so, and Lamar, right? So, Lamar. The, the question is, would I be looking at their cards? Sure. If there's any type of a dip as the playoffs are going on and neither neither of them are being talked about, if there's any type of – because they will be talked about in the offseason, right? They will either be retained by their teams and make another run or they will be going to another team and be talked about as like, you know, almost Russell Wilson-esque, right? But the smart play was to buy Russell Wilson and then sell as soon as he signed the <laughs> with a different yeah. team. You know what I mean? So, you know, your window on these guys is pretty quick. Lamar is a great example of, you know, somebody who, you know, I don't know if he ever regains the momentum that he had, right? This is a guy who won the MVP and was being talked about as one, two with Mahomes. He was the guy who was going to challenge Mahomes. He was the guy who was going to give Mahomes a run for his money for his whole career. Of the age too, of like the running passing quarterback, right? Yep. Vic so, did it for a little, but not for Yeah. Long. So, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're good tools for learning those two guys look at the prices on those and then compare it to the prices that you're thinking about paying for you know a card now of trevor lawrence or something like that God. i almost couldn't believe when i saw these prices so the lucas silver two thousand dollars in a psa 10 trey is now to 350 you're mm -hmm. a portfolio manager mm -hmm. what's a better long-term investment trey or luca you hate trey I've tried to make Trey sort of happen, um, you know, a couple times. I, I've tried to say I hate Trey's game, but at I've, this price, you're, he's what one sixth. Yeah, but forget about that. Forget about the Luca and the forget about the Silvers. Forget about the you know the the band. We tried to do that. Okay, well, you know, Trey goes between three times and five times, and you know, Luca this and blah 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 the whole nine yards. It really is not that. It's it's what's the collectability of Trey? What's the fan base of Trey? Okay. What's the demand for Trey? I use Trey as an example of somebody who I thought is unappreciated now and may gain some appreciation in 20 years after his body of work is done and talked about. So remember the Tony Gwynn episode where we talked about just when you looked at his counting stats after the fact and, you know, it, Trey Young stays an Atlanta Hawk for his whole career, let's say, right? And he's already taken him pretty far, right? He took him to the, the conference he's finals, the final, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe he wins one. Who knows? Maybe he finds a way to win one. Maybe they build a good team around him. He wins one. He's going to set every Hawks franchise record, right? And he's going to be revered by the fan base, and he's going to be somebody that they love. He's probably going to break Curry's all-time scoring record. Of and you look at the three-pointers records. You look at the things he does, and I compared him to sort of like a Westbrook, Harden. Maybe he wins an MVP. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he has accounting stats. And he's a guy that doesn't get too much love now, but he may be somebody that over time is appreciated more. I would wait on Trey and watch some of the Trey Young types that came before him and see if they appreciate. It's taken a long time for Tony Gwynn's cards to appreciate. That's the 80s. 
I would look in the 90s and see whether or not you see similar appreciation for greats. Now, I'm not putting Tim Duncan and Trey Young in the same category, but I'd watch Tim Duncan cards. I'd watch um, Allen Iverson cards. I'd watch Steve Nash cards. I'd watch Dirk Nowitzki cards. All much better players, right? Go into the, the next day. And let's see if those start to appreciate. I think some of them already are, right? I see a lot more Tim Duncan collectors now than I saw even a year or two ago. Because I think people are appreciating him and realizing that that's somebody you can buy at a discount. Didn't have the same kind of run-up that some of these goats did. The 2000s were a little rougher. With whom am I going to you know, go with in there? The ones who were great are still playing, like KD towards the end, right? But you're talking about your Westbrooks, your Hardens towards the end of it. But, you know, Dwayne Wade is a great example. You know what I mean? And Dwayne Wade won championships, won one in his third year. I don't see any of these young cats we're talking about now as MVPs. He winning in the third year championship. I mean, Dwayne Wade, I don't think it's a half the love that he should be getting. But if in five years you see appreciation for Dwayne Wade, you see appreciation for these guys who will probably retire soon, you name it, then what you're seeing there is what we've seen in baseball that has a longer track record than basketball, that there is that appreciation. It just takes a little while. And I'd be more comfortable buying into Trey Young's cards if I knew, okay, Trey's going to be one of those five names that you talk about in this decade, you know, as a guy who, when it's all said and done, was one of the guys in the NBA. Right now, no. That's another Q&A episode. Tomorrow is the PWCC weekly auction preview. We'll do a little bit of a premiere recap as well. Cage might talk about, you know, some of the cards or game-worn memorabilia that you saw, you know, kind of what you thought happened. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a that's an episode. Any any final words before we wrap? No, enjoy, guys. What happened? We got we're in the best hobby in the world. Best hobby. There's not even a close second. You want to buy a card from your favorite movie when you were a kid? You could find an autograph of it. Andrew sent me. I was. I, I, I showed him I got. Did you bought you bought my, that card? I showed him I got what? Which one? What? Hugh Hefner's Day Off. Is that that's no. not the right one? No, but I as Ferris Bueller's day off. Oh, you're right. So, so There's I showed movie. Andrew a shirt that I got with squints from Sandlot. They showed me a picture of squints and Wendy Beppercorn at a show, probably signing autographs. I'm gonna, I was all excited. But I mean, if that's if that's your Our movie, team was you like, who something. is this? And then, yeah, Shane, Shane, thank you, Shane. Love you, Shane. Thank goodness for Shane. Shane, who he's like, it's squints. Cajun was like, where did this guy play college basketball? Yeah, Cajun's Cajun's like, this is this is not a basketball player. I don't know who it is. <laughs> but no, guys, enjoy the hobby. Don't let anybody tell you how to hobby, myself included. You know, keep in mind we're having fun here, right? I mean, this is this is your hobby. And even though this is, you know, questions and answers, coffee with cages, coffee with cage, right? Have your own damn coffee. Have your coffee the way you like to have it. You know what I mean? And 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 you know, enjoy the hobby. You know, find a group of like-minded people that you're going to enjoy the hobby with. And, you know, if I say something you disagree with, let me know. But it's just, we're, we're all having fun. Best hobby in the world. That's a line right there. Don't tell me how to hobby. Imagine that on a shirt at, at a show. Don't tell me how to hobby. <laughs>